0: Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. It's almost Earth Day, and if you had to think of the greatest guest, the most perfect guest that you could possibly think of to help us get in the mood for Earth Day, who would it be? I know who it would be. It'd be our guest that we have on today. Ed Begley Jr. is joining us today, and I'm so excited to have him on Go Green Radio. Welcome, Ed. It's great to have you on the show.
2: Jill, thank you so much for having me on and all the great things you get out over the air there on your terrific show.
0: Well, thank you. you know, with Earth Day right around the corner, I would imagine Earth Day for you is kind of like Christmas Eve to Santa Claus. I bet you're very busy <laughs> because it's, you it's are a very
2: busy time and I'll be very busy this earth day uh, doing a, a long a wonderful broadcast on bite-sized TV so and I've got a, a few other things to do that day. I'll have to leave that studio and go do a, an opening of a big solar array uh, in uh, in Cerritos, California for Panasonic with their panel so. It's going to be a busy day once again, Earth Day, and I love it.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, talk to us about how you and your beautiful wife, Rochelle, will be spending part of Earth Day with Bite Size TV. Talk to us about that whole event.
2: Well, what we're doing is launching a green channel at bitesizetv.com. They they have some wonderful programming there. The notion of Bite Size being little bite sized pieces, little, you know, video, uh, audio and video snacks, if you will stuff that's easy to digest and grab quickly and go, uh, that's their basic philosophy. That's their business model. And But they always wanted to have a good green message on the channel, so they've asked Michelle and I to be kind of their curators of uh, their green channel and all the information that will be on it. So the day we've decided to launch it is on Earth Day, an appropriate day to do it, and we're also going to start airing a show there called Our Green House, and uh, that's the show with Rochelle and I talking about building a lead platinum home in the LA area. So there's a lot going on, and if you want to see it live on Earth Day, it's uh, at bite uh backslash live.
0: And you know what, Ed? We're actually um, on Go Greens. Um sister site the go green initiative the nonprofit environmental education program that I run we are going to embed the player the bite-sized TV player so that our website will be uh, helping our visitors check out bite-sized TV and what you're doing on Earth Day all day on Earth day so we're excited about that now I read a little bit about the Earth Day green marathon on bite-sized TV and there was mention of several different genres of quote unquote green folks there they mentioned actors authors scientists, business innovators, and some other celebrities. But I didn't hear about who those people were going to be. So can you give us some inside scoop as to some of the guests that you'll be interviewing?
2: We'll have Dr. Sylvia Earle, the great oh. you know, uh, expert in all matters regarding the ocean. The, You know, the, the marine scientist, Sylvia Earle, she'll be on. We'll have uh, Ruskin from Heal the Bay. We'll have my dear friend Glenn Headley will be on. Uh, Sharon Lawrence will be on. Uh, my dear wife, Rochelle Carson will be on. My daughter, Hayden Begley will be on. Uh, uh we're going to have a lot of, a lot of guests on there, a lot of different people from different organizations. Uh, there's a much longer list than that. And I'm sorry, I don't have it at, at my fingertips right now, but they're booking people as we speak, uh, to be on the show. So it's going to be a lot of, uh, environmental experts, celebrities, and, uh, you know, people who are stakeholders in different Aspects of the environment in Southern California and around the country.
0: That is so exciting. And what's really cool, I did uh, spend some time checking out BiteSizeTV.com, and their studio is right at the corner of Hollywood and Vine. So, you know, you can look outside the windows behind uh, what's going on. There's people out there, you know, just doing the Hollywood thing. And it's a really cool, entertaining um, venue and platform, and I'm really excited about this. Now, I understand that, you know, in addition to all of these guests that you're going to be having You're going to be talking about some pretty huge topics, Uh, climate change, protecting our oceans, green fashion, sustainable farming. And each one of these could be a day-long marathon (laughs) to cover these topics. But I'm wondering, how do you plan on approaching these topics in a way that's both entertaining but, but meaningful for your viewers? We want to
2: have people who are listening have takeaways for each of these things. Another example, another great guest we're going to have on is, Deanna Cohen, the great Deanna Cohen, she and Jackson Brown, her partner, Jackson Brown, have been promoting this plastic pollution coalition for years. So they're going to be on there talking about the problems that we have with these five big gyres of plastic out in the ocean and plastics in our waterways here in the United States and plastics, you know, all over, uh, you know, in in yards. And we have a big problem with throwaway plastic. So the solution is to stop using single-use plastic. Nobody's saying, oh, you can't make eyeglasses out of plastic anymore. You can't make (laughs) medical equipment out of it. You can't make computers out of it. Of course you can and should. It's a perfect use for it. But do you need to have so much single-use plastic. Can you get by without it? Well, I've been getting by without it for years. When they say paper or plastic, many years ago at the supermarket, I would go neither and hand them my (laughs) canvas bags. That was very odd back in the late 70s and throughout the 80s. But in the 90s, people started to say, okay, how cool is that? Yes, and then they started to even encourage you to do it by giving you a nickel off. So the Plastic Pollution Coalition will be on. That's just one example. We'll have people on there talking about it. Heal the Bay is another thing, talking about ocean protection in other ways, about stormwater runoff and what people can do. Do not throw things down the storm drain. People will, you know, used to clean out their painting equipment. Painters would clean it out going, oh, it's going to that sewage plant somewhere in the storm drain. No, it's not. It's going straight out to the ocean. It's a mm-hmm. freeway to the ocean, that storm drain. So don't do that. And lots of other education about, you know, energy use and what have you. You're going to have people talk about alternative fuel vehicles, you know, uh, renewable energy, ways to make your home more efficient. Energy audits. That's one of the best things people can do. If I only get through to the listeners today on one matter, get yourself a home energy audit. Many utilities give them to you for free, a home Mm -hmm. energy audit, you know, get that done. And then that doesn't mean you have to rush out and do everything on the list. You can do it. As you want, like bite-sized choices of that, too, you can go and do your light bulbs at first, energy-saving thermostat, weather stripping. Do the simple things first, maybe home gardening, home composting. Once you do that, you're going to instantly save some money. I guarantee this. And then you can move up the ladder, do some some of the medium-ticket items, and maybe, God willing, some big-ticket items like solar one day. But lots of action, lots of takeaways. And, uh, and I misspoke earlier. Somebody told me verbally the wrong information. I looked it up as we were speaking. It was incorrect. I said bite sized uh, backslash. It's not backslash, of course. It's front slash live, front slash live, bite sized live. And that's where we'll be on Earth Day for a live feed
0: that's perfect and you know it's so exciting to hear you talk about um actionable items sometimes uh you know there's a lot of programming out there that deals with these monolithic you know topics like climate change and sometimes i'm left feeling like okay what do I do about it? And so you know you're gonna be giving people something they can engage in right away. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Myself, I just started doing uh, an energy audit that I got off of the Home Depot website. and this That's this hot. weekend, I'm gonna be caulking my windows. <laughs> you know
1: there
0: you go. It, it starts somewhere, right? So. It does. And and I know that you're going to be giving people, you know, a lot of uh, tips, you know, that you'll have people on who will give people uh, tips and tricks for things that they can do in their lives. Give us a little bit more detail. Give us some more information about what we can look forward to.
2: I will. And I want to say something right away about many naysayers who say you're not going to fix climate change by changing your light bulbs and your thermostat, what have you. I would, first of all, agree with them. They are correct. You need to get to the emergency room with this kind of severe injury we have to the planet. You need to do things like, you know, massive amounts of renewable energy and big ticket items. That's correct. But if you're not at the emergency room and you're standing there bleeding, use that handkerchief that you happen to be holding. Hold it up to your wound and get your ass to an emergency room. That handkerchief, that compress, if you will, is the light bulbs and the thermostat and bike riding and the public transportation all that stuff is what we have now what we can do right now to stop the bleeding is it going to totally fix it of course not but it will buy us some time to get to get off our addiction to fossil fuels move towards renewables and rework our, con- our economy so it's not entirely dependent on fossil fuels to thrive that's what we need to do the naysayers in that sense are correct i agree with them but what are you going to do right now we're not at the emergency room you can't even get there quickly so uh, uh, immediate action. So I give you I gave you some of them already. Let's really outline them. The stuff people listeners can do right now. Change out your light bulbs. Change out your thermostat. Weather stripping around your house or the caulking that you're doing. Um, the another good thing home gardening or home composting. If you happen to be fortunate enough to live in a, a house or a rental house or anything that has a front or backyard, get rid of that lawn. Certainly if you're in Southern California, get rid of that lawn in a drought <laughs> and put in some fruit trees, or some uh, drought tolerant garden, or, uh, or even better, if you have the space for it, get some raised beds and grow some food there. It's much less energy to grow your food on site than having it trucked in long distances across America or across the world. Also, don't let that valuable stuff leave your house from your table scraps or your grass clippings or your leaves. That's good organic matter. Keep that on site and not waste a bunch of fuel having it trucked away. And make that old food into new food by making it into compost. Table scraps, grass clippings, you know, um, uh, sawdust from the your you know your shop if you have one or something or a friend's shop, uh, ashes from the fireplace. All this stuff. I don't even use a fireplace because I don't want to make the fog in LA. But some people mm-hmm. have fireplaces and wind up with ashes. There's lots of organic matter that you can put in there and make compost. Those things, everything I, I mentioned. Also, uh, bike riding when weather and fitness permit. Public transportation if it's available near you. Every single thing on that list, including those last two, is dirt cheap. If you do that, you will save money, I guarantee it, and then maybe you move up the ladder and you buy yourself a little rain barrel to collect some rainwater and you buy yourself a, a solar oven to cook some food and you will again save more money and pretty soon maybe you can replace some of your windows with double pane. You get the idea, Jill. Start Absolutely. Small and build. You don't run up Mount Everest. You get to base camp and you get acclimated <laughs> and then you climb as high as you can. And the pinnacle of that mountain is buying, as I did, a, a huge solar race, six kilowatts of solar, having my current home. Not everybody's going to make it to the top of Mount Everest. But can you get to base camp? Can you climb as high as you can and do some of those things that are affordable? Anybody can do something, and we all need to do as much as we can on that list. And you're also going to save dough. Besides protecting the environment, here's what else we do if we do all this stuff today. We're going to lessen our dependence on foreign oil. We're going to clean up the air in our cities, and we're going to put money in our pocket. And another thing I want to say to prove that we can do this, is not just all doom and gloom. We have success stories in the environment. We have four times the cars in L.A. and millions more people, yet we have a fraction of the smog. We did that, Jill. Everybody in the L.A. area did that, you know, to make the air better. And now mm-hmm. with all these millions more people, millions more cars, the air is not the same. It's not dirtier. it's cleaner. That's a miracle. And we can do that worldwide if we really set our mind to it.
0: Well, and that's what's great about you, Ed. I mean, we have some terrific guests on Go Green Radio, and I enjoy every last one of them. But sometimes there isn't that element of hope and there isn't that element of praise in their message. And that's what's really encouraging about having you on because you really give us um, a vision of what is possible, but also uh, a very encouraging progress report. And I love that. You know, before we go to a commercial break, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit more about Bite Size TV and why you decided to affiliate with them. I mean, you've got a, a great message and, you know, you're very, very influential. And so what is it about Bite Size TV that made you want to partner with them?
2: Well, they reach a tremendous amount of people. They have a lot of people that are on there right now looking at different things about entertainment, sports, current events. So they have a lot of traffic on those sites. Exactly what I had in mind to reach those kinds of people with a green message. People who may not be environmentalists, who just want to save money. People who want to, uh, you know, clean up the air in our city, who aren't Republican or Democrat. Who cares? They just want clean air for their kids. People who want to, you know, uh, you know, save money, clean up the air in our cities, and uh, less non-dependence on foreign oil. Reach those people, and there are many of them out there. And, uh, if it's happening on Earth Day, great. But it's those other 364 days a year. And Bite Size reaches a lot of people. And Ross Elliott is terrific. He's a a great guy. And Ron Bloom, these people who are running this wonderful company, and they came to us and wanted to work with us and have us launch a green channel and to curate uh, uh, all the stuff that's going to be on the channel. We'll be on it a lot personally with our show, you know, Our Greenhouse, and with our live appearances like on Earth Day, but we're also going to help them curate and make sure all the stuff that's on is vetted and is a, a solid green message.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. And actually, when we come back from commercial break, we're going to be talking about your show, Our Greenhouse. I I snuck a couple of previews, and folks, it's really good. It's really funny. It's really educational, but it's super entertaining. So we're going to talk about that uh, in just a moment. So don't go away, folks. We've got much more with Ed Begley right after this commercial break.
1: Views, opinion. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18.
0: Rachel Carson, in the sea around us, said, All at last Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Just in case you just tuned in, let me catch you up. We have probably the most fun and informative, coolest guest that you could possibly have right before Earth Day, and that is Ed Begley. We are so excited to have him on the show. And in fact, uh, on Earth Day next week, he is going to be premiering a brand new show on Bite Size TV with his wife, Rochelle, called Our Green House. Ed, I would love for you to talk to us about the show.
2: This show is different from the shows we've had in the past. Let me explain what, this, what the shows were in the past for Rochelle and I. Starting in 2007 and 2008 and 2009, we had a show called uh, Living with Ed, showing what a picnic it is, of course, living with me, as you can imagine, <laughs> for Rochelle. I thought people were going to side with me and go, oh, you see, you've been right all along. Some people uh, certainly like my environmental message, but a lot of people wisely uh, sided with Rochelle. <laughs> With what it, what it takes living with me. It's a, it's sometimes a challenge. So <laughs> she cares about the environment deeply, but she's not willing to ride a bike to make toast as I was or to do all the things <laughs> that I have done in the past. And, and so she more represents an average Joe or average Jane. So that's what the first show was. But we kind of focused on our existing home, a home that was built in 1936 and I moved into in 88 and made as energy efficient as possible, because I, I reasoned correctly that many people were going to do just that. They're going to retrofit an existing home. And we went to other places and showed other things, but that was really the spine of the show. Then we set about, Rochelle and I, building a new home from the ground up. We didn't intend to do that. We thought we are doing a remodel to make a home very, very green to put more solar on the roof, have a tremendous amount of rainwater storage, a bigger vegetable garden, and lots of other things. And Rochelle wanted something out of it too. She wanted more closet space. And a <laughs> What's going to share with her teenage daughter? So Rochelle had her needs, and I had mine. I I went for the the notion of having you know more solar and more rainwater storage. So we set about that, and again, it quickly became not a remodel, but a ground up kind of you know lead platinum home, starting from a vacant lot. We had to recycle the existing home. And we thought, we gotta photograph all this. This is different than living with Ed. This is what you're doing with a house from the ground up. And we'll do a lot of other things from there, but it's a very different feel for the show than what we've done before. We had another show called On Begley Street. That's a lovely show on Evoke's television and that's still available. And, uh, we're not neglecting that, but we're really putting a lot of energy into bite-sized TV now and, and showing what you can do, you know, with an existing home. And we'll also, with that as the spine, we're going to go off and branch out in many different directions and show what you can do with getting off plastics, single-use plastics, what you can do, uh, getting renewable energy, you know, as a contract to buy renewable energy uh, from somebody. If you can't afford to put up solar panels like me, perhaps you can lease them, getting home energy audits on your existing home. We're going to do lots of stuff all over the Southland and all over the country and uh, it's going to be a very different feel than our shows in the past. Bite Size has a wonderful organization. They shoot great stuff. It's exciting visually. So we're stoked. It, it's going to be uh, a wonderful relationship with Bite Size.
0: Well, and as I mentioned, it is pretty funny. I mean, it, it's no easy task to do what you're doing with this house. And so some of the tension and some of the difficulties that you encounter even finding, for instance, a composting toilet uh, is is pretty funny. And it's great to watch. Now, for those of our listeners who may not realize what a LEED Platinum building is, the U.S. Green Building Council has for years set standards for um, the highest standards for energy-efficient Water-efficient um, buildings that are typically con- new constructions, but they also have some standards for existing buildings. But the the lead standards for homes is fairly new. So Ed, tell us what some of the features are of a lead platinum—that's the highest level—certified um, home. What does that include?
2: I'll tell you what it includes. And Jill, you're absolutely correct. It's much more common to have lead, you know, office space, if you will, commercial structures. That are lead silver, gold, or platinum. Certainly mm-hmm. the platinum, the highest level. It's much more common. There's, I think, maybe something like 20 lead platinum homes in America. It's a, it's a relatively small number. Not a mm-hmm. lot of people are doing it. The, uh, they're very strict on the standards in every way. Uh, what you have to do basically is everything in every area. Let's start with the, the, the biggest amount of points that you get, the envelope. When you're designing your home, you want to design it in such a way, hopefully we'll have passive solar design to begin with, so the sun will hit the glass in the winter and not hit the glass on the south side of your, your structure in the, uh, in the summer. That's the, the basic idea, with deciduous trees, with overhangs, lots of different things like that. So that's number one. Big, thick walls, and we have them, incredibly thick walls. We're building our house out of steel, and the envelope itself will be very good. From there, then you get into what kind of insulation you're using. And then what kind of equipment are you using in the home? Your lighting, your heating and air unit, uh, you know, how you're heating your water. We're heating it with the sun. How are you making your electricity? We're we'll making it with the sun. Are you collecting your gray water? Yes. Are you collecting your rainwater on site? Yes. 10,000 gallons, Jill. We have a 10,000-gallon tank put underground right now by Diamond Landscaping, wow. this wonderful company who's come and put that underground, and that's a tremendous amount of water. People go... What it doesn't rain in Southern California. Of course it does. A normal year is sixteen inches, but even in a bad, horrible drought year, you're going to get eight or nine inches and mm-hmm. you know, even seven inches. Whatever you get, all the more reason to collect your rainwater. And mm-hmm. certainly collect your gray water as we're doing. Because that's something that's gonna flow whether or not it rains. The grey water comes, as most people know, it's not toilet water or anything like that, or from your incinerator. That's what's called black water. That's mm-hmm. very it's a lot more work to process it. But the gray water comes from the laundry room, comes from the shower, from a sink or two, perhaps. And those areas uh, have water that just has some, you know, some hair, perhaps, some soap particles, you know, a small amount of stuff in it. But it's perfect for irrigation for a lot of stuff, your trees and other areas. You make a little berm for it. You make a little filtration swale or something. And the water is filtered naturally through organic matter and it goes to your trees and it's wonderful water and your trees thrive. So that's very important to do all those things. And we've done much, much more. We've done, um, uh, I I talked about the solar on the roof, but I didn't tell you the amount. It is 10 kilowatts of solar on the roof of the house. I misspoke. It was 10 all along. It just has been changed to eight because we don't need all 10 and we needed to make room for some of the solar thermal up on the roof, so we have eight kilowatts of solar electric wow. and a huge amount of solar thermal to make our hot water on the roof. But it doesn't; the sun doesn't shine all the time. So how do you store that? We're using the grid as our battery for the most part, and spin the meter backwards during the day and forwards at night, and we'll get a bill for the net, and it should be a net zero home electrically. We'll have a small amount of battery backup for, for um, uh, you know, for emergencies or what have you, if the power totally goes out but not much, not like my current system has a huge amount of batteries. It's what they call a standalone system, and it's not net metering. And I uh, I don't recommend that. I recommend working with the grid and helping supply power to the neighborhood, if you will, with my home when I have excess. That's the best use of the power. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, a lot of solar thermal, as I said, but when the sun does not shine, uh, you're covered electrically with the, the things I just mentioned, but the hot water as well. You have an A.O. Smith Vertex with 96% thermal efficiency. The wow. equipment uh, for all the lighting and shade controls is Lutron, this highly efficient Lutron control system that, you know, from your smartphone or from a pad in your home, you can, you know, do incredible things, uh, turning off the lights and turning them on when you're not at home, setting different things, party mode for uh, go-to-sleep mode for, you know, cooking mode. All kinds of, you know, family time mode. You have all these different programs you put in there. And even if you're not there to program it, it senses how much daylight is out, when the sun goes down, when it gets up, and shades and lighting adjust accordingly with smart controls from Lutron. So that's very good. The most energy and water efficient faucets and showers and everything and different, uh you know, uh, plumbing fixtures come from Kohler. Kohler has a line of energy efficient stuff that's just sensational. And you... You asked about the composting toilet. Rochelle <laughs> has fought me on this one. She says, you can't have one of those in there because she, like most people, like I used to think, I thought they smelled. They smell less than a regular toilet because there's a fan sucking the air all the time, taking you outside the house up to the roof. And it, it, it renders uh, that organic matter into completely inert soil that you can put in the trash or put out in the yard somewhere. So that will be there, too. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of stuff. From the envelope of the house. And you get points for every one of those things I just mentioned, Jill. And even, and this is something most people don't think about. I never did until I realized how the lead points work. You get points, positive points, if you get your materials locally. If you get, mm-hmm. you want rocks for the house for your drought tolerant garden. If you get them locally within, I think it's 600 miles, you get positive points. If you go, I want marble from Italy, you know, you ship that over from Italy. Wah. You're going to get some negative points, as you should, from that fuel used to ship it. How much trash do you make on site? How do you you allow, uh, you know, dirt to escape the site and, you know, uh, mud to escape the site when you're building? Every single thing during the construction, trash created during that process. The amount of materials that you have and where you get them, the distance you get them. Everything is given a point, and you want to get as many points as possible if you ever want to hit lead platinum.
0: Well, and what's cool about that is that, you know, LEED is, as I mentioned, part of the U.S. Green Building Council. And one of the things that people don't know, uh, or some people don't know, is that there are chapters of the U.S. Green Building Council all over the country. So if you have a goal, whether it's with your residential space or whether it's with your commercial space for uh, achieving some level of LEED certification and you get stuck finding some of those materials, your local U.S. Green Building Council. Chapter is a great place to go for local subject matter experts. So that's something that people can tap into if they get stuck finding those materials or finding uh the resident experts that they need. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, much, much more with Ed Begley. So don't go away folks. We'll be right back after this commercial break. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the
0: brain inspired really fast.
1: All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio, just in case you're just tuning in, don't worry, I'll catch you up. We have Ed Begley Jr. on the show today, and we are talking about a number of different issues, but he's got an exciting... Project for Earth Day. He and his wife Rochelle will be hosting an Earth Day marathon on TV.com. So you're going to want to check that out. And in fact, his show, Our Greenhouse, uh, that documents the progress that he and his wife are making to build a LEED Platinum certified home, uh, will be debuting on Earth Day as well. It's called Our Greenhouse on BitesizeTV.com. You know, Ed. There are some people who say they really don't care what Hollywood is doing. I think there's maybe four or five of them who don't consider People Magazine a guilty pleasure. But for those of us who you know, who are normal folks and we get excited about different things that are going on in Hollywood, we know that Hollywood has a tremendous influence on our culture, like it or not. You serve on the board of directors of an organization I find very interesting. It's called the Environmental Media Association. And one of your fellow board members is someone who's been creating socially conscious scripts for TV for as long as I can remember. That's Norman Lear. And his colleague, actually, uh, Virginia Carter, has been on my show a couple of times to talk about her script work and creating good role models uh, for radio soap operas in third world countries where population is an issue and these... These characters and the scripts help role model uh, the good family planning with married couples, and she's been on to talk about that. I would love for you to talk to us about some of the ways that Hollywood, and in particular the Environmental Media Association, is working to create green character role models.
2: Well, Emma is doing a great deal, and it's a, it's the a brainchild of uh, uh, the Lynn Lear, Norman Lear's wife, uh, Cindy Horn. And uh, uh, Susie Field, who was married to Ted Field years ago, this is back in the late '80s. They had all just had babies. All those ladies I mentioned: mm-hmm. uh, Susie Field, Cindy Horn, and Lynn Lair. And they all decided that they needed to do something about the environment because it was a 20-year an- anniversary birthday by 1990, and they're going. The problems are real. We're hearing about climate change. We're hearing about ozone depletion. We know that there's air pollution. We know that there's you know ozone damage and what have you, so what can we do about it? They set about doing something with this organization. And we all recognized, as I hope everyone will, that Hollywood has had a uh, a negative influence, in my opinion, for many years in promoting excess. Hey, we're riding around the limos and we're lighting you know, uh, cigars with $100 bills and big salaries and big money and all of that. That's what we want to celebrate. They decided they would try to move in another direction, and so and support and promote more reasonable living, more reasonable lifestyles. And to do some of the, to do it themselves as well, you know, to not just say, Hey, you out there in America, everybody do this. They started to promote going to the award ceremonies and fuel efficient vehicles, rather than the big stretch limos, making the sets more energy efficient, you know, making the production offices more energy efficient and to do all those things. And they've done a tremendous amount. Moreover, their main focus really was besides making themselves greener on the sets and the production offices and the personal lives of uh, all the movie people was to get the green messages out in the movies and TV shows out into the media to have a thing about dolphin safe tuna, you know, in a movie, you know, uh, I can't remember that movie, a movie with Mel Gibson and, uh, you know, uh, one of those cop movies, I, I think it was, um, uh, with Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, one of those movies. I had a oh, thing about Oh, was it Lethal
0: Weapon, maybe?
2: I think it was Lethal Weapon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they and lots of other messages and a million other TV shows and movies. So that was their history, and they kept doing it and getting better at it and getting better at it. And most importantly, urging the industry to not just talk about this stuff, but to do it themselves. I remember many years ago, back in 1990, there was a benefit on a soundstage at 20th Century Fox that they had for the rainforest to benefit the rainforest mm-hmm. and i said very nicely to somebody and i try not to do these things in the strident manner i said if you really want to really do something for the rainforest you know keep having your benefits but just in this one set where we're having the benefit no don't buy that luon i pointed over there that's stacked up you know that damages the rainforest mm-hmm. when you're buying luon you're hurting the rainforest and i don't know how successful this fundraiser will be but you i don't think you'll compensate for that stack of luon right over there on the side of the stage Interesting. And, and so people said what wow, we never thought of that thank you for telling us and they set about moving in another direction and they stopped buying uh that luon just to make sets and and sadly to throw them away when they're done they mm-hmm. make a bed it's a thin very easy to paint kind of wood but it's it's destroying the rainforest so we have that opportunity, again, with palm oil. There's a lot of palm oil in a lot of different products. We need to get away from that. Uh, so the Environmental Media Association has attempted to get green mes- messages into the media. They've been very successful with that to make their lives in on sound stages and in production offices more efficient, to make them more efficient for everybody in their home life, and to promote that message for America to say, hey, you can do this too. We're doing this, you know, so-and-so is doing this, and he's a big star. Why don't you try it, too? You're going to save money by stopping the vampire power in your home. You know, that fan of Mm power and all that (laughs) stuff you think is turned off, isn't. You know, just getting messages out there. Because we have the megaphone, Jill. We have the microphone. We have the world stage. And you want to use it responsibly and promote a message that is something people can actually do and something that will make a difference.
0: Well, and one of the things I've begun to see in, in TV shows, especially a little bit in the movies is just little things like you'll see characters coming in from the grocery store with reusable bags, or you'll see a character using a, a stainless steel water beverage container versus a plastic water bottle. And just those little nuances, I think, just set a great example. And I'm hoping to see more and more of that. And I think that would be Great.
2: I do too, and I'm very happy when they talk about it and make it a story point. That's very good. And they talk about something that's important about single-use plastic or what have you or climate change. That's very good. But I also love with equal enthusiasm, I love when it's just going on in the background and it's mm-hmm. this subtle message because there's messages constantly to consume more, to put a huge amount of, you know, shaving cream on your hand when you need to shave. I've been shaving since I've been a teenager. And you don't need that amount of toothpaste on your brush or shaving cream in your hand that they have in the ads. That's a message. That's something Mm -hmm. that's constantly you're constantly being bombarded with. So to promote another message with somebody, as you say, silently in the background, just putting something in a recycling bin or getting those cloth bags, you don't need to say anything a lot of the time. Just have the characters doing it and people realize that it's something that is acceptable and something they might want to try themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Just that simple role modeling could have such an impact. You know, Ed, you have a daughter and, um, She probably has received the equivalent of a master's degree in environmental studies just by growing up in your home. But I'm wondering, you know, for all the kids out there in America whose parents maybe just don't know as much uh, and haven't raised their kids in quite the the green environment that your daughter has been raised in, uh, what are your thoughts on environmental education in schools?
2: It's essential. My poor daughter, Hayden, and my grown daughter, Amanda, who's 36, both, I think, suffer from Stockholm syndrome, where you identify <laughs> with your captors. You know, but they both, uh, you know, they both are great green activists. My grown daughter has gotten her degree in urban sustainability. Uh, she's working on her master's degree right now. She's a green warrior that has now surpassed me in the green aspects of her life. She just, you know, uh, gets around on public transportation or a bicycle, and she's doing incredible things to make LA a better place. My grown daughter. Now, my 14-year-old living with me, for a 14-year-old, she's so far beyond anything I was even thinking about at 14, and she's been part of the show, you know, uh, on Bite Size TV, Our Greenhouse, and she really cares about it, and it's something, a message she carries to her friends and kids at school and what have you. It, it, it's just something she was raised with. I remember when she was, oh gosh, four or five, She we were behind a car and there was smoke coming out of the tailpipe, and she went... Why is that car making that smoke? She'd never seen anything like that. She said, well, What's it coming out of? What is that thing? I said, it's called the tailpipe. What's a tailpipe? Because, you know, the Prius has one, but you don't see it. But you don't drive it. she was rarely in the Prius. That's her. Her mother, Rochelle, drives a Prius. But I do, you know, the vast majority of the pickup and drop off at school. So she was in my electric car and there's no tailpipe in that. So she was like kind of. She didn't know what a tailpipe was and why car. So mommy's car, she thought that was totally electric, too, the hybrid. She she was asking about gasoline, what it is and what we need it for. She really uh, is of an age, 14 years old, that has been around this stuff her entire life. You know, back when I started, you know, doing this stuff in 1970, electric cars were very primitive. My first electric car, 1970, was like a golf cart. So I didn't drive an electric or a hybrid or anything like that again until 1990. So my now-grown kids were, you know, they had the early, the early years of their life in more traditional cars, fuel-efficient cars, mind you, but more traditional cars. There were no hybrids or really viable electric cars until 1990 for me. And so uh, Hayden has had it her whole life, and it's something she cares deeply about. You know, when other kids are afraid, oh, a worm or what have you, she knows (laughs) worms are part of our garden. She's out with her hands in the compost and hands in the garden, and worms don't frighten her. They don't concern her. So in every aspect of her life, recycling is second nature to her. Riding a bike is second nature. Public transportation is second nature. She takes it to and from school a lot when I'm not available. She's an amazing kid, and so is my grown daughter. My grown son is the same. He lives in Portland, and he's greener than me at this point.
0: Well it's funny, I did watch the episodes of, of our greenhouse that's that's up on bite size TV. Even before the premiere I had to get a little taste of it and I saw the part where you took her to the Oscars on the subway.
2: I <laughs> and that did. was just
0: priceless.
2: <laughs> Rochelle would never do that. I love my wife, but she's gonna ride <laughs> the subway in her, you know, down and her shoes and Hayden even. I made sure she had some walking shoes, you know, some comfortable (laughs) walking shoes. And I was going to carry her heels the many blocks from the subway stop to the actual Oscar ceremony. You know, there's a subway stop right at the Oscar ceremony, but they close it down for security reasons. Otherwise, you'd have people popping up in the middle of the red carpet going, where am I? So for (laughs) security reasons, they have to close that stop down at Hollywood and Highlands. And then you have to walk from Hollywood and Vine. And it's about 10 blocks, you know, short blocks, but it's 10 blocks. And she wouldn't take off those heels. She walked the whole way in the heels and uh, kept those little walking shoes, little (laughs) fold-up walking shoes in her purse. And she's a real – she's got the pioneer spirit. I was very impressed. And the press ate it up, you know, because we held up our transit passes when we got there to the press line to the red carpet and told all my dear friends, you know, when I spoke to Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep and, uh, Uh you know, all my – Many friends that were there at the Oscars, you know, I said, hey, we took the subway there. They were all kind of amazed at that kind of commitment. For me, they (laughs) expected it. My daughter, they were like, you walked in those shoes. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Only a 14 year old can do that. I the rest know. of us could never bear that pain, but 14 year olds yeah. probably can <laughs> Well, we're said, gonna take a quick ideas. commercial break. Uh, but when we come back, much more with Ed Begley and, uh, and the Earth Day Marathon on bitesizetv.com, we'll be right back.
1: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%?
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you all tuned in today. Our guest today, in case you're just joining us, is Ed Begley. And we've been talking about a tremendous event that's going to be happening on Earth Day. He and his wife, Rochelle, will be hosting an all-day Earth Day marathon on bite TV.com. So I want you all to tune into that. In fact, I'm going to place the player, their embedded player, on the gogreeninitiative.org website so that you can check out our website and see it as well and spread the good news that they're going to be um, presenting to us on Earth Day. Now, you know, Ed, I, um, I know that you really walk the talk and you are green through and through and your story is so inspiring. You really blaze a trail in so many ways to show that living green is possible and comfortable and fun um but what i want to know is why why are you so devoted to protecting the planet what is it about this cause that wakes you up early and keeps you up late and and drives you to to commit so much effort to it
2: well it started when i was a kid growing up in the san fernando valley jill You know, there was good influences and bad ones. Let me start with a good first. The good influence, first of all, was my dad. He was a conservative that liked to conserve. We turned off the water, turned off the lights. We saved strings, saved tinfoil. He'd lived Mm -hmm. through the Great Depression. He was a son of Irish immigrants. So that's just the way you lived, and he instilled that in me. He got me in scouting. I was a Boy Scout. I saw nature up close and personal, and I thought it was something to be protected. I knew it had value because I'd seen it and experienced it. So that was the good... The bad influence was every bit as powerful. The bad aspect was growing up in smoggy L.A., Jill. Twenty years of that horrible smog by the time the first Earth Day came along in 1970. I had lived with it two decades. So I knew they weren't kidding. When they said air pollution needs to be solved, we have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Yes. How about Mm. yeah? Because it was hurting my lungs every day of the year. There were very few days of the year when it would rain or the winds would blow in a different direction and you would get some relief from the smog. And you couldn't. You couldn't play. Sometimes you just couldn't sit on a bench without it hurting your lungs. Very, very bad. So I knew that was real. I knew the problems with water pollution that years later, Heal the Bay started talking about. You go down the ocean, you see the horrible pollution there. I knew that was real. So I went, I'm going to do something. Again, it came from my dad when I would complain about the smog. He said, Eddie, I'm against the smog too. I know what you're against, but what are you for? Mm. What are you doing to make a difference? So he died within a few days of the first Earth Day. So I really started to do stuff more to honor him than anything else. I went, I'm going to start recycling, and I'm going to start composting, and I'm going to eat foods that I think are better for the planet, more environmentally sound. I'm going to become a vegetarian, and I'm going to, I'm even going to buy an electric car. Where the hell would I buy that? Let me, <laughs> oh, I know they don't sell them anywhere, but just, just look in the phone books. So out my dad from the grave saying, you didn't try. I look up in the phone book and see that they don't sell them in 1970 you know and then i'll have i'll have tried what what's that electric cars 1970 there's a list of <laughs> electric vehicles electric cars right in the phone book <laughs> call up this guy <clears throat> dutch in Reseda, california said you sell electric cars yeah yeah the really kind of for retirement communities so you don't sound like a very you sound like a young man i said yeah i'm <laughs> funny said well i've never sold one to anybody under 70 but okay <clears throat> you want to buy one they have a California license plate, but come by and see if they don't go very fast or very far. You know that, right? Yeah, I went by. It was 950 bucks. I bought it right away. It had a top speed of 20 miles an hour had a range <laughs> oh, of about 20 miles, but it <laughs> got me around L.A. I even took a dear friend, Cindy Williams, on a date. It was the first uh. date. Came friends afterwards, but she didn't grant me a second date after this. It, it, I think there was a kid passing us by on Hot Wheels, Jill, giving us a finger. You know. It was a very slow car. So, uh, but it got me around on a rainy day when I didn't want to ride my bike or stand at a bus stop. I could get in that electric car and get around. Pick up a week's worth of groceries it was hard on a bike or on the bus, so I used it for that. I used it for lots of things. And I realized immediately that it was not only good for the environment, it was good for my pocketbook. It was cheaper to plug it in the wall and buy 1970 kilowatt hours than it was to buy 1970 gasoline, the same way it is today with an electric car today. It was much cheaper to maintain. There was no tune-up or oil change or fan belt or radiator flush or smog check or valve job. It was a very inexpensive car to service. So I went, I like this green stuff. I've got that other green stuff in my pocket called money and more of it because <laughs> of all these decisions I made. So it started with the smog. It started with my dad, and it it stayed and it grew because of the money I saved. I could retire now, Jill, not because of big leading roles in movies. I've never had that. I'm a supporting actor. I've made an okay income. But I can retire now because of all the green choices i made have made it very inexpensive for me to live.
0: How interesting! I mean, the the cost avoidance uh, that you've yes. achieved. I, I think that's an, a great story. That's kind of a forgotten piece and and, and a forgotten uh, benefit to living this way. I love if that. If you do it,
2: if you do it right, I could have gone broke in 1970 buying crazy expensive <laughs> 1970 solar panels to run up Mount Everest, if you will. But I didn't do that. I got to base camp. I got acclimated. I did the stuff I could. And then 20 years later, two decades, Joe, I bought solar electric. You know, I waited till it was affordable for me within my budget. And that happened two decades later. But I did everything I could right away. And there's so many things people can do right now. Your listeners, get those light bulbs, get the thermostat, put up the weather stripping, home gardening, home composting. If you have a piece of dirt in your front or backyard, if you don't start a community garden, there might already be one in existence in your community. Uh, bike riding, if weather and fitness permit. Public transportation, if it's available near you. Do that stuff today. Get that home energy audit, and you will save money money that you never expected to save.
0: Well, and on that subject, Ed, I mean, it's not looking like energy prices are, are going to go down anytime in the near future, even uh, with the natural gas influx, um, you know, electricity prices are very very unlikely to trend down over the long haul. So anything you can do to save energy is definitely going to save you money. You wrote a great guide for this, The Guide to Sustainable Living and it's available on Amazon. Do you in that book is that something that uh, can kind of help people walk through this these choices step by step?
2: Yes. The first uh, book is out of print. There was a more simple book that I started with, but now this new book is uh, has great detail and it uh, gives you step by step ways to first of all manage and reduce your electrical demand and your demand for water and natural gas. Manage and reduce, and then perhaps you want to put up some solar. And nowadays, solar leasing programs. You don't have to be, you know, uh, an actor or a director or a writer or a, you know a, a well paid lawyer or doctor to do solar the way it was in the old days. You can get solar for five hundred dollars down, you know, uh, yeah. with a solar lease. So there's many more things available now. We talk about them in the book, but uh, do that book. And if you don't, if you don't want to buy the book, you can't afford it. Just get a home energy audit, and then you will have a list. It's like getting a full physical. You know how well the patient is and how well it is not, and ways that you can do stuff, cheap stuff right away that's going to save you money.
0: You know, you and I are both Californians, and when we talk about things like energy and saving water, you know, California is in such a severe drought. I'm up in northern California, so we have some groundwater, but you're down in southern California where there's not as much groundwater to go around. Uh, What are your concerns? How are you preparing to weather the drought? Huge
2: concerns, Jill, and I've realized this years ago. I've had rainwater tanks for many, many years. Now at the new house, I have a 10 1,000-gallon rainwater tank, and that is going to be essential, that kind of storage of businesses and the homes that can afford it, to have some manner of rainwater storage, because we can meet half of our water needs in L.A. uh, from just the rainwater we allow to go down that concrete channel, the L.A. River, and out into the ocean. That's a lot of water. We've got to collect our runoff, have it recharge our aquifers, collect it in tanks, and do that stuff And I'm talking about now. The only reason L.A. has survived these many years is because we got our straw dipped in somebody else's drink. You know, we're taking water from Northern California, from the California Aqueduct, from the Mm -hmm. Owens Valley Project, from Owens Valley up there. Mono Lake has been uh, drained for many, many years and now it's starting to recover. The whole Inyo County area there is uh, like a dust bowl that we created by taking all that water away. Colorado River, we're taking water from that too. From those three areas, we're taking a lot of water. And those people are saying, hey, enough already. We've lived with this dust bowl in Lone Pine for too many years. You guys got to put some of that water back, and uh, enough with this. And people right. are fed up. And so, uh, and agriculture is another big user of water, and a lot of that is for a very good purpose, of course, to grow food for the nation. That's wonderful, but can it be done in a more, uh, you know, careful fashion, and not so much of that wasted with agricultural practices? Is it the best way to grow these trees in the Central Valley? That you know, was the water for. Where a lot of this agriculture is supposed to come from the excess, and there is no excess now. With yep. different kinds of crops, you can go. Well, we won't grow that crop this year. But with a with a tree, you can't
0: do that. Right? You know, they're the they're burning die. orchards. Yeah, they're burning orchards now. I and know. I think. I think the upside to all this, it is going to shake up a lot of the things that we do here in California, yeah. and we may be a bellwether for the rest of the nation, but it's also going to drive innovations that I hope we can replicate in many ways to, well, it's kind of like what Benjamin Franklin said in Poor Richard's Almanac, you know, waste not, want not. How simple yeah. is that? And yet how profound. Well, Ed, it has oh, been great wow. having you on Go Green Radio. i talked to you all day long, but we've got we've got to go. But folks, we're going to be here Same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green.